Hi, I'm Liam Hooper. And I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. The Bible Bash podcast is a monthly podcast where Peterson, a quirky queer Quaker and Northern Belle, and Liam, a trans Bible scholar and Southern gentleman, get together to examine biblical texts, looking for the characters and situations you don't often hear about. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. Bible Bash podcast is part of the Rock Candy Network. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Long, and before we get started, I have just a couple of quick announcements. First, this show is only possible because of your support. So if you want to support this show and if you want to help me keep bringing interesting conversations to you every single week, go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. And for just a dollar a month or five dollars a month, you will get exclusive access to me as a creator. You can talk to me more freely than other listeners. Since I do have the app on my phone at all times, you can send me a message. And I love hearing from my listeners and I love hearing from my patrons. But you will also get a patrons-only podcast called The House of Heretics in which Justin and I have uh, very not-safe-for-work conversations about everything from faith to uh, Christ to Satanism. So (laughs) if that interests you, please consider giving to my Patreon because that is really the only way that I can continue to grow my audience and continue to get better equipment and uh, to make this show sustainable in the long term. Second, my colleague Matt Langston of 117 and I are building a podcast network called Rock Candy Podcast as an extension of his independent recording studio. We are looking for artists who are interested in creating fun and entertaining and good quality content on a range of topics, anything under the sun, as long as it is well-produced. And if you have a podcast or you are thinking of starting one, please reach out to me. I would love to hear your ideas for a show, and we will help it get off the ground. We have music. We will give you professional consultation from the Rock Candy Studio. And then there is a community of artists who support one another and will promote each other. So if that is interesting to you, please reach out to me at Stephen bradfordlong.com on twitter at stephen b long on instagram at stephen bradford long and i cannot wait to hear from you all right well today i am talking to the one and only kodiak hi there hello all right so uh we've known each other for eons at this point about i was actually questioning the, it the other day it's about 10 years it is about 10 years isn't yeah. it okay the cat is trying to move the mic come here kitty come here come here say hello are you going to say hello 
Say no. Not she's she's usually very talkative. Come on. Okay, so <laughs> we've known each other for about 10 years, and we, we've just kind of stayed in touch, and we've been on this weird journey yeah. together into our kind of separate spiritual paths, but I feel like we have a lot in common, and we're going to be talking about paganism today. You are a pagan. Correct. I've been a general practicing pagan of sort for roundabouts of about five or six years. Yeah, I've generally okay. kind of gravitated into the midst of Wicca and all of that stuff and found myself in Norse heathenry. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so what the fuck is Norse heathenry? Norse heathenry. It's the uh, worship the, of the old Norse Germanic gods, okay. such as Odin and Thor and Okay. All those fun guys. So, you know, uh, so I have a foot in um, kind of the atheist, secular, skeptic community. Right. And one of the things that they're constantly joking about is, well, do you believe in Thor, though? Oh, Are goodness. you worried about Thor? And But you actually believe in Thor. To an extent. Okay. I, yeah. I believe... Um, kind of like the the deities of all religions are kind of the extension of one central consciousness okay yeah that's so, cool so yeah. very hindu kind, kind of. of kind of yeah I, okay. I would say so now is that typical of heathenry do do heathens tend to believe that all deities are an extension of one consciousness some do i found that the the ideology of everything being part of one is kind of an outlier in okay. the pagan theological movement okay but. cool so so it, it's there but maybe not common correct okay cool so okay let's back up a bit and uh people will probably be really interested to know our backstory because we yes. met at the asylum no we we were um connected through the christian gothic community we yeah. were we were in the Christian Gothic community, and for people who are curious, I am still a goth, but just in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> there will always be that special blackened part of our souls. Exactly. And so we were part of the, the Christian Goth community. We were involved at the Asylum at yeah. Cornerstone Festival, which was a really... I don't know. Really was, special time and place. It was toxic but healthy it at was the same time. It was so toxic. <laughs> it was so toxic and it was so... I mean, what gets me about that time are the number of just crazy fringe conspiracy theorists. Oh my like, God. Extreme right-wing yeah. conspiracy theorists that we were just surrounded by in the Christian subcultures. Absolutely. In the Christian, you know, kind of subculture underground, the hardcore, punk, goth, etc. It was essentially Pentecost Pentecostalism with black paint. Exactly. Like, it was Pentecostalism with a lot more dysfunction. Yeah. I no feel. joke. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's where we met. Were we at the asylum together? We were not at the asylum okay, together. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. But we met. We met. We met via that, that conduit. Yeah. Community. Met, and then uh, we went to Gothicon together. Yeah. Right. And this is when we were both, you know, trying to be straight. Oh, super, super into Jesus, super <laughs> we were into way, women. <laughs> way into Jesus and way into women, and both were uh, a front. Oh, goodness, <laughs> were they ever. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's our backstory, and we have stayed in touch ever since. Yeah. So that was, that was close to 10 years ago. So... Now I am in this weird non-theist Christian 
thing and melting pot melting pot yes you know i i I call myself an ecumenical slut i love where i'm just you know where i where it's like i freely cozy up to all kinds of traditions just non-discriminately right so that's a beautiful way to evolve though exactly opening yourself up to so many different paths you aren't closing anything off and there's so much more wisdom to be gained that way absolutely so let's talk about heathenry sure now that now that we have some of that backstory out of the way. I like it. What led you into heathenry? Why why did you get into this? To be honest, I've thought about this over and over again and I can't really pinpoint the moment that okay. it gained my interest. Yeah. All I know is that there was a general period of time where the idea of Odin kind of stood out to me a little bit and mm-hmm. just continually started diving more into it and one day okay. I just set up an altar at home and and there it was there it was okay beautiful what what was it about odin it was just that general pursuit of something deeper than yourself that okay. uh, that guiding force that just constantly drives us to want to know more than we already do and yeah our willingness to sacrifice parts of ourselves to gain that wisdom to yeah. dive deep into that mystery so so was there something so you were raised pentecostal correct and I was raised not Pentecostal, but very charismatic, which is which is like Pentecostal light. Yeah, you know, diet st- Pentecostal. Yeah, diet Pentecostal. I mean, we still did you know a lot of the crazy stuff. You know, we still spoke in tongues. We still right. did the slaying in the spirit. We still did the prophecy. We still did, you know, a lot of those altered states of consciousness that you know more mainline religious or mainline Christian traditions don't have. But was there something? Donald has talked about this some. Yeah, I've Don- always enjoyed listening to yeah. him talk too. Yes, it's he- just like holy crap, he gets it. Yes, he does. <laughs> he really, really does. And you know, Donald for for listeners who are just who are new to this show, Donald is a regular co-host here. And um, you know, he was raised deep Appalachian oh, Pentecostal, yeah. like you, Absolutely, like very, very yeah. deep Appalachian Pentecostal. And he said that Appala- that that Appalachian Pentecostalism is very shamanistic absolutely and and is a, a very pagan almost not in its worship or not in its theology but in its expression absolutely do you think that's true do you do you think that you were led into paganism in part because you were raised pentecostal oh 100 how so like um, how does that work for you looking back now um, it, it's really interesting for me because looking back now that I've practiced with the uh, the witchcraft and the traditionalism and stuff like that, yeah. I look back and realize, holy crap, I've been a witch for Jesus since I was two years old. <laughs> 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 so here's an idea, and I want to run it by you because I think it's really interesting. So I'm really into chaos magic. Yeah, I'm into it as a methodological materialist, though, meaning mm-hmm. I do I'm interested in it because I think it is psychologically powerful. Absolutely. Now that it is at least that. Yeah. And and I have to go with kind of the at least definition of things right now. And that's just where I am. Of course. But it is unbelievably powerful. And so ritual and magic, kind of the having altars and prayers and mm-hmm. rituals, all of that stuff is so powerful and seems to be really integral to what it means to be human. Absolutely, yeah. And so I feel like a lot of occultism is just 
is finding the 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 basic ritual pathways in the human mind and the human psyche that have been there for literally a millennia like no like doubt. like millions and millions of years that have been just evolved in or or socially conditioned or whatever and kind of taking it out of a religious context and saying the, the these kinds of rituals in and of themselves are powerful and so the mass is a kind of magic and, and so you know the the presbyterian liturgy which is what i was raised as is a kind right. of magic um oh, yeah and and that basically what magic is is like this this getting rid of all the doctrine getting rid of mm-hmm. all and just having the ritual and and recognizing that ritual is in and of itself very important to the human mind do you think that's accurate i would definitely say so and um even like you know we've watched it if well, we haven't watched it personally but we can look back and see where it's evolved through the human experience over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years yeah but even looking at it in my own lifetime, I can look at things that I did when I was practicing as a Pentecostal. Yeah. Uh, those rituals of speaking in tongues, laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I translated over and actually as an Odinist have still practiced. So you still in speak tongues. in tongues as an Odinist. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What is the life of an Odinist? So what are the rituals you do? As, as an Odinist. But also I can imagine that, you know, religion is more than just ritual. It's also a, it, it's also a frame of mind. Absolutely. And yeah. so what is that frame of mind? What is different about being an Odinist and what are the rituals that, that you do? The difference about it, I would say, is, um, you know, looking at the example that Odin leads, I've always been very invested in the mystery of God, the mystery of something higher, the mystery of divinity. And the entire experience of Odin is Odin himself as a deity delving into that same mystery mm-hmm. and the sacrifices he goes through. So I guess what I would say is like, you know, it's it, it's an inspiration to me to know that there is a, a deity that has the same questions as I do. It's really a deep experience looking at him like, you know, the representation. If you don't know the story of Odin, can I give a quick absolutely? Like, brief run yeah, go for it. So Odin came down from his high dwelling place and came down to the base of the root of the metaphorical tree that holds all of creation together. Hmm. There, at the base of the tree, is a well which is called the Well of Wisdom. And in order for him to drink from the Well of Wisdom, he had to make a sacrifice. So Odin plucked out one of his eyes and cast it into the well. And by making that physical sacrifice was able to drink from the well of wisdom, then climbed back onto the tree and hung himself on the tree for nine days and nine nights, where he just brought himself to that utter point of almost um, shamanic meditation, where he was on the verge of death. And then right as he was about to pass on into the other realm, like past the physical world into the purely spiritual, into that mystery, he thrust a spear through his chest and was able to reach in and take out the mystery of that divinity and translate it into what we call the rune. Um, Which is actually really interesting, though, because you see a lot of similarities between Odin and Christ, with the sacrifice of hanging on the tree, being thrust through with a spear, Mm, um, essentially dying to oneself and becoming resurrected as something new. Yeah. So that's... um, Hmm. The difference there, though, is... You know, where I was raised with the Pentecostal faith, um, you get that same kind of like dying to something old to renew something new and to gain deeper wisdom, but you know, one, sans guilt. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the one of the reasons why I love the Christ myth so much is because it is kind of this prototype for me of death 
of ego death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. And would you say that it's the same with Odin? Yeah. Like Odin make you know, making sacrifice after sacrifice and yeah. and each sacrifice experiencing a kind of transformation. For sure. And that's what I see in the figure of Christ. That's that's what I get out of that symbol of Christ. Um so what what else what else in the day of a of an Odinist? In the day of an Odinist, um, there up until recently has been a lot of mead drinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's um it's a wonderful <laughs> thing too because the modern <laughs> pagan community is kind of like this. Uh, like there are people that take it very seriously. I'm one of the people that takes it seriously, but sure. being raised as a substantial nerd and a Lord of the Rings fanatic, it's yes. nice to have kind of like a. Uh, being able to take your religion and blend it with LARPing. <laughs> yeah. So how, so, okay. So this is actually really interesting to me. Sure. How much is your religious practice informed by pop culture? Not as much as you would think. Okay. Like, um, I, I actually started worshiping Odin before I even knew about, like, I knew that the Vikings TV show existed and all that crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I started worshiping Odin and really getting deep into the mystery of the Norse gods before I even watched the show. Okay. The show was like, heck yeah, there's a show about like kind of what I believe. And then I started <laughs> watching awesome. the show and thought, this is ridiculous, but I still love it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, I think that religion is profoundly influenced by by culture. Yeah. You know, and and that it and that the two really bleed into each other. So yeah. like modern paganism that I'm doing today is definitely not the same paganism oh, ab- that was practiced oh, by yeah. the original Abs- Vikings <laughs> Absolutely. Like, by the Norse like no. Absolutely. But. Be sure to talk directly in. There Hi, sorry. No, you're great. <laughs> um so so are there any specific ritual rituals that are like specific to Odin? Odinism? Um, I'm trying to think of things to say that aren't too insensitive. Um, you can say insensitive things. Okay, cool. How would they um, be insensitive? I like there. There have been practice of blood sacrifice. Okay, um, uh, that isn't insensitive. Yeah, there are just so, you know there are people that get weirded out and. Th- that, so you do blood sacrifice occasionally. I have. Yes. Okay, so what does that what does that mean? Well, whenever I'm very. Um, I'm very practical about it. Like, you know, you okay. don't waste the body of the animal that you kill, essentially. Okay, now, to be clear, yes. for some backstory, you already work on a farm. Correct. So you yeah. so you, you live and you live and work on a farm. Yeah. You're already doing this. Correct. And we actually, what's interesting about the farm is we have a functioning Odinic temple on the farm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So oh, there's I did, just... I didn't know that. Surprise. I yeah. want to go. The, you should. It's just, um, we had a spare building that wasn't being used for anything. I approached okay. my boss and said, hey, let's make this a temple. She said, sure, do your thing. So <laughs> <laughs> my boss is very cool. Hi, Meridor. Thank you. So... <laughs> You're a blessing. <laughs> Speaking of which, I I just this week, actually, I had to uh, sit down with my boss and be like, hey, so I'm talking a lot about the Satanic Temple online, and it's super controversial, and it's common for people to get doxxed, for people to get attacked because of that, or, you know, people to report to their businesses. You naughty, naughty boy. and, And whatnot. And I was just like, just so you know, I need you to know that it's okay. And she just looked at me. I was like, Stephen, I don't care. As long as you're not sacrificing people, <laughs> right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And if anyone confronts me about it, I'll just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she was like, I, Steve, she was basically like, I know.
know you. I know the kind of person you are. And so I'm not worried at all. But, but all I was just intention. like, I just have to give you a heads up. Warning, um, warning. <laughs> precisely. Yeah. Anyway, so go on. So you do blood sacrifice. Yes. Um, okay. Blood sacrifice, you know, usually consists of the, right now it consists of the excess of animal we have right now on the farm, which is chicken. <laughs> okay. So basically, like, you know, you, you don't waste any of the meat whenever you do the sacrifice the intention is to take the animal itself and serve it among your quote-unquote tribe your people yeah uh, people who are close to you yeah and in that ritual of sacrifice the blood and the life is what is offered to odin okay so it's kind of like a uh, a way of saying thanks kind of like uh the true the tradition of passover yeah. in a way where they yeah. have the the lamb that they slaughter before passover and the blood is put on the door but the lamb is eaten among the people okay so that's yeah. that's super fascinating it's I was, nowhere near as barbaric as you would think <laughs> i was not expecting that but it so is this a common thing in in the uh heathen community in the traditionalist it is a okay. lot of people as far as their offerings go just choose to use like mead and food and stuff like okay. that um yeah so i'm kind of more pentecostal in my practicing of Odinism, like I said, so I'm very much <laughs> traditional. Okay, but uh, yeah. cool. So. Uh, okay, so so you do blood sacrifice and you drink mead. What else? Blood sacrifice, drink mead, and basically a lot of meditation on gaining wisdom through the experiences of your life, like looking at how okay. that story of Odin can translate to everyday living. Like, what are the things that I need to sacrifice to gain a higher insight for myself? And that could be as big as my perceptions of divinity and God. Or yeah. it could be something as small as, you know, um, life choices about like, you know, should I stay at my job? Uh, do I need to go back to school? Like, huh. what? Yeah. What do I need to lop off in my life in order to gain that higher insight? That's fascinating. Yeah. That so it's just, it's more... It's more like Odin is more of like the Bodhisattva kind of concept where it's more of a um, more of a um, an archetype than it is a deity for me. That makes sense. Yeah. That so. makes complete sense. Okay, so let's talk about that some. So, you know, I really think that and I've written an article about this. I've written about this in an article called A Few Questions You Might Have About Satanism. Uh, so people can go to stephenbradfordlong.com and, and check that out. But I basically think that religion exists on a spectrum between absolute literalism and absolute metaphor. Yeah. You know, and, and people, I think that the people who are absolutely one or the other are actually kind of rare. For sure. You know, and I, would I, say so. I think that, and, and I know that there are people who will totally crucify me for saying this. The, you know, there are people who say that the Bible is literally true, but who also see the stories within scripture as powerful ongoing metaphors and archetypes to live their life. And yeah. so, and so people exist on multiple places on that spectrum. Where would you place yourself on that spectrum with regard to Odin? I would say dead middle. Like, okay. You know, historically, there have been a lot of talks about Odin being, at one point in time, a human man or a human chief that just kind of evolved into godhood yeah. throughout. Yeah. But I think that 
evolved in a in a mythic sense or evolved literally into in a mythic sense you know i think the beautiful thing about humanity is that we in ourselves there's that bible story about god creating us in his image but one of the beautiful things about that is for us to be created in god's image we have to also have that power of creation Mm -hmm. so i think by human collective consciousness um if people if enough people get together and believe something and it's the same thing i definitely believe that that can have like a manifestation Okay. Out of communal consciousness. Yeah. So that's very magic with yeah, a CK. Absolutely. That that's very you know like altering the world through the focus of your will mm-hmm. within the context of community. Like that's very Alistair Crowley esque. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. I <laughs> I I love the idea of it. Um. Oh, what was I just had? I had a thought, and I can't. Oh, so just actually just before you came to the studio to talk i was reading an article by jerry coin um and if you don't know jerry coin is one of the new atheists um about a concept that seemed to kind of ruffle his feathers <laughs> called religious fictionalism i want to i want i want to say that that's the right term and i was i actually just learned that term like today uh, you've sparked my interest yeah let me let me pull it up and I don't know about it. I just read Jerry Coyne's critique of it. No, that's the wrong website. Let me let me pull it up. Um, from his website, Why Evolution is True. I'm not. I I can't find it. That so fair enough. Uh, but I'm and I'm going to be reading more about this concept. But basically, the idea is religious fictionalism is the acknowledgement that. It, it, religious fictionalism is where I would be coming from, right? Which is that these these stories are ultimately fiction. Yeah. For me, I I see them as fiction. But you know, Anton Lavey, founder of the Satanic Temple, or not? Goodness, no, not the Satanic Temple. Anton Lavey, <laughs> rewind, rewind. <laughs> Anton Lavey, founder of the Church of Satan, and I have a lot of of pet peeves with with Anton LaVey. I don't think that he was a good writer. I don't think he was a good thinker. Um, Pop culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. But one thing he says that I do think is very interesting is containing ritual in the ritual chamber. And within the ritual chamber, entering this space... Now, okay, let me just back up and, and I'll say all of this and then give caveats. Entering the ritual chamber and allowing your imagination to enter into a different space, a different space with a different set of rules, and then keeping your magical practice within that chamber and not letting it bleed out into reality. Someone who I have a lot of respect for, a thinker who I think is very good on this, is named Joseph Laycock, and I've had him on the show about three times now. And uh, he says in, in one of his books that religion and play and shared imaginative worlds, what he calls paracosms, are annexes to reality into which we can enter, experience enchantment, and it alters us in a very real and fundamental way. And you as someone who does ritual knows this. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, this is something that I, this is something that that I often have a hard time expressing to people who don't get it. You know, I think that there are people who are just born diehard skeptics and just do not get it, have right. are not able to experience this 
thing that we're talking about, but entering into this shared imagined space, a space of enchantment, and entering into that space, undergoing the ritual, and then experiencing profound altered states of consciousness that when you then go back out into the world, Mm -hmm. your life is changed. Absolutely. In a fundamental sense, I mean, in a truly deep and fundamental sense. And, and you know, Anton LaVey talks about it as psychodramas and emotional catharsis. Right. And which sounds like a downplay of it. Yeah. But I maybe that is what it is at the end of the day is psychodrama and emotional catharsis. But regardless, it is enchantment and it is transformational. Absolutely, yeah. You know? And like I had mentioned to you whenever I first came over here today, actually, that I'd started um, kind of exploring into the Catholic Church a little bit, which is fun because, you know, I get a lot of I get a lot more shit from pagans than I do Christians about, like, you know, blending the two religions. Really? Yeah. Um, I've got. Oh, my God. Catholicism is so fucking pagan. I, it's paganism for Jesus. It's, like, it's yeah, exactly, exactly what it is. But no, it's like that idea of like, you know, I've been I'm you know, raised Pentecostal, never had much experience with the Catholic Church, and now having gone into it, even praying the rosary is just kind of that moment where you get into that ritualistic headspace and just kind of like, boof! Yes. Holy crap. Exactly. (laughs) Then you come back down and it's just... And the world is different. Yeah, you feel like you've just transcended reality for a little bit. Exactly. And I don't know, what I often tell people is, can I be happy without religion? Yes. Absolutely. Do I want to live without religion? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, is it possible for society to flourish without religion? Absolutely. Yeah. In my opinion. You know, I think the studies of the Nordic countries proves that. Yeah. But do I want to live without this embodied symbol? No. And none of this is to... And, and, you know, I think that when we acknowledge that religion exists on this spectrum between literalism and metaphor, that suddenly religion can take on many more forms. Absolutely. One of the interesting things, just throwing this in real quick, I found an article yesterday speaking about, like, you know, the Nordic tradition. Mm. Back when Christianity was first introduced, the Nordic people have so many gods. Yeah. So many. So, like, the the new introduction of, like, a Christian god was no big deal to them. They... Mm. They actually unearthed recently molds for making pendants, which was uh, made in the shape of the Thor hammer with a cross engraved onto it. That's cool. Yeah. So, and they've found like, you know, Viking graves where there will be a Viking buried in the ground in a casket that will have a crucifix around the neck. Yeah. But Thor hammer is like nailed all over the outside of the coffin. Yeah. So it's just, you know, whenever you get to that point of being able to open up and let yourself kind of bleed out and just blend in and yes, pick absolutely. up divinity wherever you find be, it. Be an ecumenical slut. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, there's this concept of Sheilaism. Do you know what Sheilaism is? I do not. So Sheilaism is, is this idea in religious studies that, uh, and I especially hear it in the topic of uh, new religious movements, which are what m- many people call cults. Mm-hmm. Sheilaism, I think it was back in the 80s when this woman named Sheila was asked, well, what's your religion? And she said, oh, it's Sheilaism. You know, I take a little like bit, that. you know, I take a little bit from here and I take a little bit from there and I take a little bit from this tradition and, you right. know, create a mishmash of her own thing. And 
this was a huge thing. Like this was, and it's and to a certain degree, it still is. Like, oh no, everyone is a Sheilaist now. Right. Everyone is basically creating their own religion, and everyone's. But I think that because we live in the age of the internet, and mm, because yeah. we, you know, it used to be that there was a monoculture mm-hmm. of that there was a religious monoculture right. where you your society was Roman Catholic. Your society was Hindu. Your society was Buddhist. Your society was Baptist. Your society was Presbyterian, you know? And so you were whatever the thing that was given to you was. Precisely, yeah. But whereas now, now that we live in the age of the internet and a cosmopolitan world where there is this blending of tradition, no matter, I I really think that no matter how conservative someone may think they are, then by nature of their, of the world we live in, we are all Sheilaists. I would highly agree. We don't have, it used to be that we didn't really have the opportunity to choose. Now we have an opportunity to choose. And I think it's beautiful we actually live to see like you know our generation is becoming more comfortable with that too yeah I, where that I, may have I, I existed think so too. before and you know just people weren't comfortable with that idea of the blend but now exactly. we're just kind of like i'm going bringing with it. in <laughs> i am all into it uh and i think it's just the reality of what we're uh, I think it's just the reality of the times, and I think we just yeah. need to get used to it, that we are all Sheilaists. You know, I can't count the number of people who are like, yeah, you know, I'm an evangelical Christian, but I also practice yoga, and I meditate, yeah. and, you know, I... <laughs> right, <laughs> that yeah. is... And that would be unheard of 50 years ago. Oh, absolutely. That would be, be burned at the stake. <laughs> that would be scandalous. Yeah. yeah. So you are right in the middle of that spectrum. Yeah. So so what does that look... What does that mean for you? In what way? Uh, I, let me see if I can articulate this better. Is Odin a literal figure for you out there somewhere in objective reality? He can be. Okay. But I don't necessarily believe in Odin as a literal being. Okay. I believe that Odin is a consciousness derivative of the global whole that we call God. I see. So a, a personification of the ground of being. Yeah. Like, like a an emanation of that exactly like jesus and odin are just two different languages to describe the same thing okay interesting so you're a listener of the show yeah love it while you're here are there any questions that you have for me about my spiritual journey about my faith you know, I've been exploring a lot. Like, you know, it's it's really interesting for me to listen to you because I notice a lot of the same mental evolutions and spiritual evolutions yes. I'm kind of going through. Absolutely. And um, a lot of times just the way that you talk about things helps put into words. That's um, good. Issues that are going through my own head that I don't really know how to externalize, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any questions, though, because I kind of just want to continue to hear them in the future come out naturally. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, like, cool. I, I mean, like, there are questions I would love to ask, but at the same time... I mean, you can just, ask them. They'll come out naturally if you ask them now. Yeah. Oh, crap. I've been put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can think about them, and if there's anything that... that you want to ask me, you can ask. I'll write you a letter in yes. ballpoint pen. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, so not only are you an Odinist, you are also gay. Yes. Well, it, bisexual. Do you, do you identify as gay? Okay, so you identify as bi. Yeah. When I first came out of the closet, I have a very rebellious mentality with my parents. I love them dearly. But of course. When I first came out of the closet, I had this... intensive want and desire to piss off my parents while at the same time being true to myself. Sure. So instead of thinking about it rationally and realizing, 
I'm just bisexual. I came out, honey. I threw out that closet door. <laughs> I threw on the scarf. I threw on the skinny jeans. And baby, we went full Hollywood. Very good. <laughs> but now I, I associate as a bisexual person now. Okay. Okay. Awesome. How has that guided your spiritual journey? It's been very intensive. Um, there yeah. was a short period of time that I actually uh, was drawn into Islam. Yeah, I, I remember you, that. Yeah, so I practiced Islam for a little bit. Yeah, and I remember. It was a beautiful religion. There were a lot of there's a lot of legalism in that too that I remembered expressly from my upbringing as yeah. a child. So I very swiftly left that because I was living with my boyfriend at the time, and mm-hmm. that would not have been a good discovery. <laughs> <laughs> on, on your boyfriend's part, or uh, just on, on in the, the part of being part of the mosque and being part oh, of the community. Oh, right, 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 right. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. But um, no, so, you know, that. Goodness. That really took me away from the monotheistic kind of um, religion, you know, like the Abrahamic drawing where homosexuality is generally viewed pretty negatively. Very much so. Um, Which, thankfully, I actually have been talking to a few Christian friends, and it's nice to see that the... The views on sexuality are evolving, and I think they are the community, and not only that, are. but in Judaism and Islam as well. Yeah, uh, I, there are some kind of fringe things starting in Islam where people are starting to question it. That's great, but it, that, being part of this though, Odin um, actually has a story where to learn Sather, Odin had to take Sather. Sather is a type of magic. Okay. It was generally only practiced by women in Norse society, and it was okay. viewed as shameful for a man to practice. Okay. But Odin actually took on, like, dressed as a woman. Like, Odin was a drag queen for a while. That's fabulous. Isn't it? That's awesome. So, like, knowing that the the deity that I've been getting to know divinity through actually had, you know, those same tendencies where it was just like you know, that dip into the feminine side that yes. was viewed as very taboo at the time. That's really cool. Yeah. Isn't there a story of Odin having sex with a man? I don't or is that... recall. Okay, just I and know... just to clarify kind of a rookie question. Sure. Odin and Thor. Thor What's is... What's the difference? Thor is Odin's son. Got it. Okay, so, now, yes. Okay. Yeah. So... Like there's well, isn't whole... there like a gay? Isn't there like a a gay sex moment with Thor? There's not with Thor. There is with Loki. That's and it's actually, that's what I'm thinking. It's of. bestiality and homosexuality at the same time. Yeah, because, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to give the far right any more ammunition. <laughs> it, clarifying, Loki was a horse when this happened. So okay. It wasn't, yeah, like he, it but wasn't what, but was the partner. Out. A human. the The partner was also a horse. Okay, good. Like, okay, yeah. so it was so it, so it was gay horse sex. Bestiality, but yeah, like it, it was, was gay horse sex. Yeah. Okay. And Loki had babies from that, so that was really interesting. Very. If, but, that, holy crap! Like that, Norse theology. It's, what the fuck are you doing? It's a head fuck. <laughs> it's a mind fuck. Okay. But, Very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I get the sense, and I have not personally explored paganism. But I get the feeling that it is much more friendly towards LGBT minorities. Has that been your experience? It has been my experience, 100%. Um, Just... I haven't met a single. Per- I'll, uh, actually, I will. I will backtrack on that. I have met a few people in the pagan community that are very weird about it, but that's unfortunately because there has been this fringe movement in the Norse pagan society 
where people have took the Thor's hammer and took the like Odinic religion and used it as like kind of fire for the white supremacist or movement. the alt right. Yeah. Okay. Which is an unfortunate thing because it gives people like me a bad name. Right. Like I, I went around. I'm a very large white man. Yes. Um, and I had my head shaved for a while as part of a commitment to Odin, like yes. kind of an initiation. And I got questions all the time walking through Asheville with my Thor's hammer in the shaved head, like. Are you a white supremacist? People would ask you that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. I had people so, ask me that. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Actually. Sure. The, so as someone who kind of keeps tabs on the alt right, right, something that is really fascinating is the connection between paganism and white supremacy. Yeah. You know, paganism isn't the, of course, is not the only religious oh, no. tradition with that. Pro- I mean, Christianity has that problem. So yeah, no, it, it isn't a problem just with paganism. But, you know, there's there's this YouTuber named The Golden One. Are oh, you familiar with him? The Golden One, yeah. He, I think he's hilarious. I, 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 he, very dangerous, but very hilarious. He is like, so hysterical. I mean, yeah. for listeners who don't know, The Golden One is this astounding, astoundingly buff ridiculous like ridiculously this man buff fell off of thor's peck nordic <laughs> guy yeah and he where is he is he in iceland he's in sweden he's in sweden okay yeah. so he he's like this super buff white supremacist swedish guy and his entire world view comes from high fantasy novels yeah. And so he he his like entire life is this weird cosplaying of fantasy novels and Skyrim. And you know, he he talks about worshiping at the Temple of Iron, which is I know. which is weightlifting. Well, which I love like you know, that's kind of like this fringe of this this yes. hilarious thing called Brosatru. Like instead of Asatru where it's like you know, like the normal pagan Norse gods, it's Brosatru because you've got like, yeah, we're awesome yeah. men. <laughs> and we worship a god who is a drag queen. And there, and there are these amazing, there are these amazing videos of him like working out his crew of. Like, oh my these, god, it's impressive! It's impressive. I mean, it's wrong, it's hilarious. But... And I know. and I think and there's something you know really against my better judgment. Like there's something endearing about these people because they're just so unironically geeky. I know. And, oh my god. And I love. I, in this day and age, I love lack of irony. I love people. <laughs> I think that's one reason why I love the Satanists. They are yeah. so unironic about it. <laughs> they are so into Satan in yeah. such an unironic way. And I fucking love it when people are, you know, we live in a culture of such, you know, like artifice and yeah, irony. Kind of just malaise. That. Yeah. And, and and ironic humor that it, it's really endearing when I come across someone who's just so fucking into this is me being, <laughs> like, being a wizard. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Okay, I feel like I'm being personally attacked right now because no, I have a Gandalf I, robe. I love it. No, no, no. Okay, your I'm Instagram so- is like my favorite thing. Oh, thank you. Your Instagram, like you being a wizard out in the mountains. Oh yeah, and and it's completely sincere and i fucking love that background for people i do actually work on the farm in my wizard robe sometimes yes and yeah it's just a normal day for me exactly and i i fucking love that i think it's great but so back to the golden one yeah and and white supremacy so (laughs) they're so a kind of he's he's endearing he's really cute he's hot he's funny he's a very charming person and then he brings up 
the Jewish problem, the That's Jewish question. He bring he taught he brings up white separatism. Mm-hmm. He brings up white nationalism, and and so a lot of it's this weird white identitarianism. Yeah, that okay when when gays get into gay identitarianism mm-hmm. it's like we just want equal rights when yeah. white people get into white identitarianism yeah. it's let's kill all the non-white people which is ridiculous <laughs> like when, and it kills me because like you know i'm one of those people that believes like you know it's okay to be proud of your race sure it's okay to be proud of your heritage and where you came from what's By pr- not a- let's clarify that yeah. for a moment because that that's a very that's a very controversial thing to say right now unfortunately when yeah. And to say that you are proud of what you are, that or to and maybe proud is the wrong word. Maybe just enjoy exactly. your heritage. Just respectful of where that, you came from. Are you are you Scottish? I am actually forty six percent Scandinavian, okay. and the other fifty four percent is British. And it's so. cool to get into the history of that. Yeah. And th- there's so much rich culture there that's just been masked over by shitty things white people have done. Like, <laughs> like we've screwed some shit up. Don't yes. get me wrong. But. Yes. So what you're not saying is that you so so just to clarify, you're not a white separatist. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Just need to, Let's go ahead and throw that out just the need window. To put that out there. And but white separatism and white nationalism is a problem in Correct. certain parts of the pagan community. Yeah. Like it's okay to be proud of where you came from. What's not okay is for you to say that it makes you any better than anyone else, right? Yeah. Or to say, and I would even take it. I would take it a step further. It's mm-hmm. not okay to say that it should be separate from. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Like equal, but oh, what's what's the term? Separate but equal. Right. It's not equal. Right. You know, and and so yeah. Um, why do you think there's a white nationalist thing going on? Unfortunately, I, I've done a lot of research into it just sure. out of general curiosity myself. Um, a lot of it began with the rise of Nazi Germany um, in order to bring yeah. in that Germanic pride. Hitler actually, it wasn't even really Hitler, it was Himmler, the more yes. occultist side of the Nazi party brought yeah. in. They the were Germanic into some gods. weird shit. Yeah, it was just that they were trying to bring back the Germanic gods, get rid of the Christian God. Like this is our true heritage. Look at Mm. these strong, magnificent gods and get rid of the Jewish God is essentially what they were trying to do. But they went Mm. to the extreme and poisoned something that was originally beautiful Mm. and made it their banner. Essentially. You know, there's also, um, you know who Varg is. Varg. Yes. I know who Varg is. Okay. (laughs) So uh, sarcastic so, eye roll insult. <laughs> so Varg, um, Varg Vikernes, who for people who don't know, Varg Vikernes, I forget the name of the band. First satanic Norwegian metal band. First one, <sighs> black metal. First black metal band. I really out of Norway. Say Gorgoroth, but Ew, I know no, that my friend Chris would crucify me for that. <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't know my black metal. <laughs> that's okay. Nor Norwegian black metal. So yeah, he he murdered someone. Yeah. Um. He he murdered like one of his bandmates or something, and then he uh, set fire to a lot of the churches, and so that whole thing in the '90s that was Varg Vikernes and oh, yeah. his bandmates, and now Varg Vikernes is uh, is a YouTube fucking nerd yeah and have you watched any of his videos oh god yeah he's become a phenomenon for the alt right and he's like, yeah you know. exactly and and you know he's huge into scandinavian 
lore and, and he's fucking nuts is a like pagan and he is him. fucking nuts yeah. and he is totally an accomplice to the alt-right and to the rise of white nationalism that we're seeing today so you know i i just find that interesting i find it interesting that paganism has this link to white nationalism that and that isn't to say that that paganism is in and of itself inherently bad correct at all it's what you make it it's what you make it but i'm i I don't know i what is it about paganism and white nationalism like what's that link so you mentioned the nazi party yeah and and so there is that history there but but is there anything more than that? It's this idea of resurrecting something that's been thrown into ancient history. Okay. It's um it's kind of I don't know, I think it's very romantic to their idea of reviving the white race. Like Right. You know, bringing back that white race that they say is almost extinct like bullshit. Bullshit. But But I mean also here's the thing. The white people were fucking shit covered barbarians. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, that, do you even, like, okay, I, it's like that scene in um, Gladiator, that first opening scene in Gladiator where they're, oh God, where yeah. they're killing the barbarian. I know. And like, it's like, that was us. Like, <laughs> that, there's, so, there's some beauty in the spirituality, but guys, we could have done that, a lot that, better. That was us. We, <laughs> yeah. were, we were shit smeared, rapist pillaging yeah you know and it's weird for me that people try to blend in the germanic cultures with rome those are two different those cultures are, those like, are very very different and they're things. trying to look at like Separated. white pride through rome and i'm like hold hold the phone Ro- <laughs> rome Stop was it. a multiracial culture yeah it was an epicenter for like modern like what we would call modern like racial integration. Well, I mean they but, they did have equality issues, but that was based on language right. and not on skin color. Precisely. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> it's just so hilarious to me when when people on the when, when white dudes are you know saying we need to get back to our heritage and you know the the nobility of the white race and all this mm. bullshit on the alt right and i mean it and it's frightening and and monstrous and evil and at and meanwhile it's hilarious yeah because we could not you know oliver cromwell couldn't write his fucking name mm-hmm the, this idea that that we that that the British islands were were places of civilization, yeah, were <laughs> it, it's so it's ridiculous. It, it is, is absurd. It is it is you know revisionist history to the extreme that we Absolutely. were anything other than than like shit stained <laughs> barbarians <laughs> bog. <laughs> bog people <laughs> we were the bog man <laughs> we, exactly anyway that's my rant on that i just think it's hysterical um <laughs> <laughs> applause golf clap <laughs> well and it and it brings to mind that like the golden one is all about this high fantasy bullshit and that's yeah. what it is it's just it's fantasy which unfortunately makes it so much more enticing for oh, people though totally. like it makes it it makes it almost like imagine a really good mixed drink you're gonna yeah. swallow that thing quick but it's gonna fuck you up <laughs> exactly <laughs> so 
be, we can we can move on from this topic. But Let's do you, go on, yeah. But do you have any more? But but before we do, do you have any final words on the on the link between paganism and and white nationalism? I think it's a really unfortunate thing. I think it's almost um, almost as dangerous as the Protestant movements become. Yeah, like where it's um, you're you're seeing that same kind of division, and I hate to say that, but where the Protestant movement became almost well it didn't become almost it became far more hateful than the catholic church did yeah. at the time yeah. like it became more dangerous that's where we had so many witch burnings when we first came over to america yeah like you know it's just yeah, yeah. that same idea of just barbarism kind of masking itself as something better my denomination that that i was raised in the presbyterian church of the united states of america they they split from the PCA, mm-hmm. Presbyterian Church of America, and the PCA still exists. Yeah. I mean, the P- that is the heritage of the PCA. and Which is terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's yeah. awful. So, you know, I really appreciate that you are a pagan who who is thinking critically about the very real threat of white nationalism. Absolutely. And, and it's a cancer in the pagan and, community. Yeah. So, do you see? Do you think it's on the rise in the pagan community? Unfortunately, it is. Okay. Um, from the things that I've started to notice, and it's it's definitely more in like you know, like I was talking about earlier, the bro true movement. Those Bro-sitru. people that are trying to like do this enhanced masculinity thing. Uh-huh. It's very. I think it's very much a thing that people kind of gravitate toward out of a sign of feeling weaker. Yeah. If that makes sense. And insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when. <laughs> This is totally an aside, but I I love it when when people on the alt-right, like the golden one, tell you too much. Oh, about God. themselves when yeah. they reveal too much about their <laughs> psychology about how how insecure they are about the fact that women might actually have sex lives <laughs> clutches <laughs> <Or>, pearls <laughs> exactly you know what i mean it yeah. i just think i think it's hilarious when they reveal too much about their insecurities i'm going to tell the church <laughs> <laughs> um so absolutely though where do you see your spiritual practice going in the future honestly i've quit trying to put expectations on it because right now like you know i i will always have my roots with odin okay but i'm right now in my life feeling so much more of a draw back to the church but not from the not from the sense that i want to go back to where i was i feel like it's a beautiful thing that now i can approach the church and the mythos of jesus from an evolved point of view Mm. uh, where i can look at that without feeling that intense overwhelming guilt storm like yeah. Robin Williams put it great talking about Easter like Jesus has risen again he saw his shadow 2000 more years of guilt <laughs> 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 it's 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 this hilarious thing but no i just i i feel like my spirituality will continue to evolve till the day I die. And I hope it does. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just, I I don't know. A a life without the evolution of spirit for me isn't really a life worth living. Yeah. If that makes sense. I've just, it's so integral to who I am as a person to evolve Yeah, and to have that changing relationship with what we call a universal quote unquote God. Sure. Um, That without that, I don't know where I would be on it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think we're coming up to the end of our time here, but before we end, where can people find you if if people want to follow your stuff or get in touch? People can find me currently on Instagram only. I've deleted my Facebook for Very now. Good. I'm not sure if it's going to be permanent or not. But yeah. if people Facebook want to... is bullshit. It is. But your Instagram is so great. My Instagram is great. If you want to follow me on Instagram and see <laughs> awesome wizard cosplaying and oh, it's great. beautiful animals and I... goats. 
fucking love it so much. Oh, it's so fun. My uh, my <laughs> username is all one word, all lowercase, the Blue Mountain Heathen. Okay. So. The Blue Mountain Heathen on Instagram. Go follow him. I'll put a link in the description to that. Any final thoughts before we close out? No, other than this has been a wonderful conversation, as always, very enlightening. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's so, uh, let's definitely do this again sometime. I look forward to um, it. I do want to have more kind of religious minority voices this sure. year on the show. So I want more pagans. I want, you know, more Satanists. I want more, you know, kind of fringe groups to, right. to come and talk about their practice on the show. So hopefully we will have more of that. And I do want to learn more about paganism. Uh, for Do you have any kind of directions for people to go in for for Norse paganism um I would definitely go to your library this uh there's this beautiful book I can't remember who it's by Neil Gaiman but it's not Neil Gaiman but yes he do he has a book on get uh, Neil Gaiman's book as well Norse Norse mythology he came out with it I think two years ago yes okay um the book that I'm thinking of is called um, Odin, The Runes, Magic, and Ecstasy, I okay. think is the name of it. If that's not it, we'll go back and correct it. Yeah, we'll, I'll, we'll, yeah. I'll hunt it down. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, that's a good book to start with if you're looking at Odin in particular. Other okay. than that, definitely look up the Poetic Eddas. There are several translations out there. What are those? Uh, those are like the quote-unquote holy texts. Oh. Um, whenever monks and Christianity went into Scandinavia, they wrote them down. Okay. And they have some very obvious Christian influences because the monks were taking a spoken tradition and writing it down. Right. But the okay. poetic and prose eddas are very, very valuable sources. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's really cool. All right. Well, uh, Kodiak, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. This I really is, enjoyed it. This has so. been fabulous. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. I look forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. That is the show for this week. The music is by The Jelly Rocks and Eleventy Seven. You can find their music on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you listen to music. Also, again, this show is only possible with your help. And you can support this show monthly by going to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long for a dollar a month or $5 a month, you will get a patrons-only podcast called The House of Heretics, plus exclusive access to me as a creator. This show is a production of Rock Candy Media, and it is a Rock Candy podcast. Please go to rockcandyrecordings.com to go listen to more shows like this one. And as usual, thanks for listening. <laughs>